Good morning. We begin by remembering our baptism. Galatians 3.27 says, For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. So we make this name the sign of the cross and say, In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We pray. Heavenly Father, today we begin a new work week, but many of us will not be going to work. We thank you for the skills, talents, and abilities with which you have blessed us. Please help us to use those blessings as we go about our daily lives. Help us to see the opportunities that you give us to use those blessings to bless our neighbors and to worship you. Help us to see our daily interactions as the places and times that you give us so that we might love you with all of our heart, soul, strength, and mind, and also love our neighbors as ourselves. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We confess our Christian faith this morning using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Our scripture lesson is Mark chapter 6. Jesus went away from there and came to his hometown, and his disciples followed him. And on the Sabbath he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? What is this wisdom given to him? How are such mighty works done by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James, and Joseph, and Judas, and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. And Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor, except in his hometown, and among his relatives, and in his own household. And he could do no mighty works there, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. And he went about among the villages teaching, And he called the twelve and began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over the unclean spirits. He charged them to take nothing for their journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in their belts, but to wear sandals and not put on two tunics. He said to them, whenever you enter a house, stay there until you depart from there. And if any place will not receive you and they will not listen to you, When you leave, shake off the dust that is on your feet as a testimony against them. So they went out and proclaimed that people should repent. And they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. King Herod heard of it, for Jesus' name had become known. He said, John the Baptist has been raised from the dead. That's why these miraculous powers are at work in him. But others said, he is Elijah. And others said, he is a prophet like one of the prophets of old. But when Herod heard of it, he said, John, whom I beheaded, 
has been raised. For it was Herod who had sent and seized John and bound him in prison for the sake of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, because he had married her. For John had been saying to Herod, It is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. And Herodias had a grudge against him and wanted to put him to death. But she could not, for Herod feared John, knowing that he was a righteous and holy man, and he kept him safe. When he heard him, he was greatly perplexed, and yet he heard him gladly. But an opportunity came when Herod, on his birthday, gave a banquet for his nobles and military commanders and the leading men of Galilee. For when Herodias' daughter came in and danced, she pleased Herod and his guests. And the king said to the girl, Ask me for whatever you wish, and I will give it to you. And he vowed to her, Whatever you ask me, I will give you up to half of my kingdom. And she went out and said to her mother, For what should I ask? And she said, The head of John the Baptist. And she came in immediately with haste to the king and said, I want you to give me at once the head of John the Baptist on a platter. And the king was exceedingly sorry. But because of his oaths and his guests, he did not want to break his word to her. And immediately the king sent an executioner with orders to bring John's head. He went and beheaded him in the prison and brought his head on a platter and gave it to the girl. And the girl gave it to her mother. When his disciples heard of it, they came and took his body and laid it in a tomb. The apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a desolate place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they ran there on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of him. When he got ashore, when he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. And when it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the hour is now late. Send them away to go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered them, You give them something to eat. And they said to him, Shall we go and buy two hundred denarii? worth of bread and give it to them to eat? And he said to them, How many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they had found out, they said, Five and two fish. Then he commanded them all to sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups by hundreds and by fifties. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them all, and they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up 12 baskets full of broken pieces of the fish. And those who ate of the loaves were 5,000 men. Immediately, he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, to Bethsaida, while he dismissed the crowd. 
And after he had taken leave of them, he went up on the mountain to pray. And when evening came, the boat was out on the sea, and he was alone on the land. And he saw that they were making headway painfully, for the wind was against them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea. He meant to pass them by, but when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost and cried out, for they all saw him and were terrified. But immediately he spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And he got into the boat with them, and the wind ceased, and they were utterly astounded, for they did not understand about the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. When they had crossed over, they came to a land at Gennesaret and moored on the shore. And when they got out of the boat, the people immediately recognized him and ran about the whole region and began to bring the sick people on their beds and wherever they, to wherever they heard he was. And wherever he came, in villages, cities, or countrysides, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and implored him that they might touch even the fringe of his garment and as many as touched it were made well. There are a couple of things that, uh, that jump out to me as, uh, as I read this over. Um, there, there's a lot in here, but I'm, I want to highlight just a couple of things. First of all, when he goes to Nazareth, it says that he could do no mighty work there, except that he laid his hands on a few people, sick people, and healed them. <laughs> I find it interesting that that, that is a, a minor thing in God's eyes, that this would be no big deal to, to heal the sick. Um, the work that Jesus was doing is greater than just taking care of our physical bodies. These bodies and this life will end, but he has come to give us eternal life and to win a victory over the cause of our sicknesses. And that causes sin, which then leads to death. And so we want to keep that in mind as we deal with the, uh, the current crisis. We do care about people's physical needs. Obviously, Jesus did. We see him healing people. We see him sending the disciples, and they heal people. Uh, we also find that when he finds the crowd on the, uh, the shore, um, he has compassion on them, and, and, and he teaches them. And he even heals people when he gets over to uh, Gennesaret. So over and over again, he cares about people's physical needs, but he has a higher goal. When, when, he, when he got out of the boat, uh, before he fed the 5,000, it, it says that he saw the people and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. That's talking about their spiritual condition. And, and notice that when he sent the disciples out, he sent them not specifically to heal people, but to preach repentance. And that's a, a, a good model for us these days that, that we would consider what, is it, what it is that we need to repent of. Not that there's any one thing, but we all have sin in our lives that we need to repent of and, and then live in the forgiveness that Jesus won for us. And as we live in that forgiveness, we love our neighbors and we care for them. We help them with their physical needs. But we also share the spiritual hope of eternal life that Christ has given to us.
As we pray today, we're going to pray for God to help us to understand and believe his word and pray that he will increase our faith, hope, and love. Father in heaven, we thank and praise you for your word. What a blessing it is to be able to take the scriptures and to read them for ourselves and, and, and to be able to take up these words that, that Peter says these are the words of eternal life. And we ask, Lord, that you would help us by the power of your spirit to understand what we read. And not just to understand it in, in an intellectual way, but that we would actually believe this word and that you would help us to trust the message that you communicate to us here, this message of sin and grace, of law and gospel, of eternal life. And as we live in faith and as you work through this word in our lives, we ask that you would strengthen our faith, which all too often is too weak, that you would fill us with hope because too often we despair and that you would help us to love because all too often, our love is focused on ourselves. But we know through 1 Corinthians 13 that these three abide, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest is love. And so we pray that you would fill us with all of them and that our lives would be marked by our faith in Jesus, our hope in his salvation, and the love that we have for you, for one another, and for our neighbors. We pray these things in Jesus' name, and we're bold to pray as he teaches us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Ephesians 3, 20 through 21. God bless your day. And God willing, this evening there will be a briefer devotion that we could gather around to find comfort in God's grace.